Hi, folks, and welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis, and today I'd like to welcome to the program Myron Beekler to talk to us about his alpaca enterprise by Sheldon, Iowa. Well, thank you for taking the time to stop and talk with us today, Myron. You're welcome. Alpacas at Triple Tree offers alpaca products from animals raised on their farm, as well as products from the U.S. and Peru. The store also sells raw fiber from their alpacas. Now, Myron and his wife, Jackie, have been breeding, raising, and selling alpacas since 2006. So this is coming up about the 15th year anniversary, huh? Yep, time really flies. This is, this is a little bit unique for an agricultural enterprise. Maybe you could tell me a little bit how you got started in this business. Well, um, like a lot of people, I guess, we, we had never really heard of an alpaca. And uh, we, we had recently moved to an acreage. So my wife had kind of heard about these animals and started doing a little research. She was interested, so then I started researching the business aspect, see if it was sustainable, and and we kind of went from there, decided to give it a try. Started small and just kind of built it up from there. Kind of like the idea that it's, it's an eco-friendly natural product, so uh, it's like a soft, like cashmere, and warm and a lightweight. So that's kind of what got us started. I know my wife has some dryer balls that are made from alpaca hair, and, and they're kind of handy, and they don't clang around in the dryer near as much as those plastic ones do. Yep, they're lightweight, and actually with uh, they kind of absorb some of the moisture too, so it's a little different than the plastic ones. So yeah, we got some of those too. Who are your main customers in this business? It kind of varies. There's uh, various levels, I guess. We kind of concentrate on the breeding stock but in along the way uh, you have some that maybe aren't probably uh, fit to be breeding stock and stuff so we end up selling some as pets we do some people just want to process the fiber so we do some of that range also and then the majority of our top animals we're still kind of holding for building our foundation and uh, growing the quality there but so a lot of the customers so far for the you are fairly local within, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, kind of relatively close range. And as far as products, a lot of the products are due locally. We have some on the place. We do some local consignment and stuff like that. In the future, we would probably, you know, do more internet sales and stuff as we get a little more time to spend on that. But the the thing is with the products, you almost have to see them and feel them to really know what they are. So potentially maybe have a farm store in the future. We're still tossing that idea around a little bit. One of the things that comes to mind for me is, is alpacas are a very different animal than most of our conventional livestock species. You, you think about mm-hmm. the equipment that we'll use in cattle or even in another small ruminant like sheep. Alpacas aren't quite built the same. So are there things that you have to look for that are different as far as equipment? You know, for example, the feeders or the water medical equipment that you use for alpacas? It really doesn't take anything specific. Um, You know, the hay feeders can be very basic. I mean, we've got just regular, we just have some plastic tubs or Rubbermaid tote or something like that. We also, you can use a cattle or a horse hay feeder if you want. You maybe would modify them slightly, maybe just for safety of the animals, just because they're built a little differently, like you said. These 
uh, nylon mesh hay bags are handy. They don't really eat a lot of hay, um, but we just feed the small square bales of grass hay. And really, on average, it's about 10 bales a year uh, per head. So it doesn't, you don't have to handle a lot, so it doesn't take a lot for a, for a hay feeder. And that's, you know, if you also have pasture, they love to graze. You can do like five or 10 per acre. We feed a little uh, supplement pellet and that can just be a little uh, like an individual hookover feeder or a trough. Um, they only get about a pound a day, so that doesn't take a whole lot either. You can, you know, we just used our existing buildings on the acreage. So uh, it's basically something shelter for the winter. And in the summer, they kind of hang out in the buildings, get out of the heat and stuff. But we usually run some fans in the heat of the summer just to uh, mm-hmm. help keep them cool. They don't really challenge fences. The fences depends on your area, but you know, fences really kind of help keep predators out if you got predators around. So, um, so you still need a decent fence, but but it's not like they uh, force themselves or challenge them. Watering, I mean, we actually just use a five gallon pail and in the winter we just use the heated five gallon pail now we have some uh, water fountains uh, or you can use a small tank so that's all pretty much pretty common stuff it doesn't have to be anything really unique as far as medication and stuff we just do an annual cdt vaccination and then we just kind of deworm as needed prevention over treatment so it's kind of a one thing with alpacas they have kind of a common bathroom area so it's pretty easy to keep your pastures clean <laughs> yeah. and so that kind of helps with parasite prevention and stuff too so sure they're not scattering it across the whole pasture it's more just one area of the pasture now you talked about modifying those bale feeders. How did you? How do you modify those to make? Well, them? the only thing I did is just you know they have long skinny necks, yes. so you just got to kind of look for any crevices that they could maybe get their head in that a cow or a horse couldn't, and just close that up. You know, a very minor modification. It's just just kind of look for a potential problem and and prevent it. So we do. You know, I only have one hay feeder, like like a cattle hay feeder, and then the rest is just tubs and, and the hay bags. Um, since they don't, and I can do all the chores by hand, that's kind of a nice thing. And just about the only thing I really need to do automated is uh, you know, once a year haul, haul the manure. You can actually compost it too. It's, uh, you know, not, not a lot of odor, so composting doesn't really... Uh, you don't have a big stinky compost pile. No. And, uh, you know, we, we do our own shearing, but if, so if you choose to shear, you'd have to get yourself a shears, but a shearing table is optional. Now we do a fair amount of, uh, shearing for other people and stuff too. So we actually got a table made for shearing alpacas. So that's, you know, not necessary, but it is, you know, helpful. A lot of farms just have, there's a shearing companies that come around, they kind of go across the country and shear for people and stuff the only other thing hard to find locally is halters but you know then i just have to get them online well it sounds like there's a lot of different nuances to alpaca production what would be some of the things you've learned after launching this venture and maybe some of the things that were the most challenging one thing is quality is better than quantity pretty good emphasis on the quality of the fiber you're producing so we we compete in shows and the results kind of help establish a 
a third-party confirmation of your quality. Um, there's farms from, you know, maybe 20 or 30 states there sometimes at these shows. and includes some of the, you know, some of the biggest farms in the country. So it really, competition really helps improve your quality by uh, keeping, uh, watching the genetics and, and keeping your breeding program in, in line. Biggest challenge is probably kind of informing people of the qualities and uses of fiber because it's it's not real common and it's still kind of a cottage industry and uh, and kind of a luxury fiber is kind of where it's at now. So, what do you see as the future of the alpaca industry in the United States? I guess as the numbers increase, I think uh, we'll be able to a process uh, much more efficiently and that's going to help make the fiber more common and more you know more used in more different types of clothing and stuff now we kind of keep the best fiber and some of the lower grades uh, aren't even used but it's usable fiber but it, it just isn't feasible to process it like reducing imports and probably start doing more exporting of the of the fiber and stuff where a lot is imported there's most of the world fiber is from peru so then as we you know continue to grow in the u.s and and with kind of the emphasis on quality there's a registration system kind of helps improve quality by tracking your genetics and stuff like that so quality has really been improving in the last five to ten years so kind of assume that would probably keep improving there so so you've talked quite a bit about alpaca fiber quality what are some of the benefits of alpaca fiber over other fibers that people are more accustomed to wearing the one thing is that it, it, it's all natural. It doesn't take any uh, chemicals to treat, like to remove lanolin or anything like that. It's a totally natural product. It's uh, also very soft, so it's comparable to, like, to cashmere. Uh, sometimes is even blended with silk to produce, oh, maybe scarves and uh, stuff like that. It's very warm, uh, but still lightweight. So it can, uh, the, the heavier wool garments can be a lighter weight, but still warm. So really the warmth in this part of the country is what people like the most, I think. Sounds like it would be the perfect thing to wear in a South Dakota winter. Well, very interesting. Well, you know, Myron, this is not something we talk a lot about for animal agriculture in this area of the world. But I really appreciate you taking the time to inform us about how the alpaca business kind of works, some of the neat things that you kind of see going forward in the future, and just sharing your story with us. We really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you to all our listeners out there for taking the time to stop by our podcast. You'll take care, folks. Mm-hmm.